joined in this segment by Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill. Uh, Gail, good morning. And uh, first of all, on Friday, we got uh, kind of put into uh, uh, in the warning list, I think, from the state about uh, uh, COVID positivity. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, our positivity rate is still above the um, target area that the um, state metrics guide us through, and they want have a target of 50 per 100,000 people, and our numbers have been coming way down. We were at 120 a few weeks ago and down now down into the 80s, but we're still a little bit higher than we need to be um, for that metric. When it comes to uh, hospitalizations, how are we looking there? Um, I saw the report that we've seen an uptick. Um, uh, do we still have capacity, at least in Sangamon County? We have capacity. That's um, The two hospitals are, are doing a really good job of making sure that everyone is cared for. We have seen locally with our Sangamon County residents having a, a kind of an, a little bit of alarming increase. We were having five and six people hospitalized for a while. Um, as of yesterday, 21 people with COVID are hospitalized. Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill is with us on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Gail, I know there's some more testing sites coming up, and the fair is about to have another one, too. Do you know a little bit more about those? Right. The um, Illinois Department of Public Health had staffed and is going to continue a Wednesday drive-through testing site at the Illinois State Fairgrounds, drive-through Foodorama. No food, but COVID tests for anyone who wants them. That includes children. The uh, SIU School of Medicine will continue this week in our parking lot um, with its testing. Walgreens is still doing testing, and um, Memorial's uh, Respiratory Center on South 6th Street is still operational. And I think doctors can uh, order tests for their um, patients as well. Gail, um, when it comes to uh, some of the uh, mitigation efforts that are underway here in Sangamon County, of course, uh, we, we talked on uh, Friday and I talked with a variety of other um, uh, public health departments across the state. Contact tracing is underway. Uh, and you guys got, uh, uh, remind me again, it's like two point something million dollars. Yeah, um, we have. Uh, yes. But yeah, I Go mean, ahead. just that's un- that's ongoing. Uh, you guys are uh, looking for for more uh, contact tracers, and I guess tell me what uh, you're hoping the public uh, will do if they get that phone call. Well, we're we're um, ramping up, and we have been with people to actually make the calls um, with much of our staff, and um, we're looking at, it, at an arrangement with SIU to help us have more contact tracers. But we really need the public to answer the call if you've had a COVID test. And especially if you had a test and tested positive, you can expect a call from your lab or whoever ordered it. But we also need the public to participate in um, talking with contact tracers. Their purpose is to try to make sure that the positive person has everything they need and to identify who might have been a close contact and could be at risk of being infected and not know it. When that call comes in, say... um Let's say just totally hypothetically, uh, Chris and I mm-hmm. hung out over the weekend. Uh, that didn't happen. Right. Uh, Chris, we should hang out sometimes. <laughs> happens, yeah. uh, we, we should grab some beer sometime, Chris. Yeah, uh, but let's say, uh, you know, Chris and I hang out this past weekend. Chris comes back positive. Um, I get the call from the contact tracer saying, hey, you were hanging out with Chris. He was positive. Of course, Chris being positive, hypothetically, would you have to quarantine yes. for two weeks. If I was to get that call, I didn't take a test, but if I was to get that call from a contact tracer, what would be my obligation? Your obligation would be to um, think about one. They probably wouldn't tell you it was Chris. So then you'd be going through your mind thinking, who was I around that oh, was positive? Wow. So they wouldn't even tell yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Interesting. No, they can't because of HEPA. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, it's only a very rare circumstance if we have to tell someone, and really we don't do that. So it's intended to protect the, the positive person, but it makes it a little more difficult on those who, you know, are a little curious and can't figure out who they were around and those kind of things. But um, we expect the public to and hope that they will um, share any information because ultimately we don't want them to be sick and be an, an, an asymptomatic spreader of the disease as well. So, you're, so we want to make sure. You, yes. Would you be asking that they self-quarantine? At this point, yes. If they were a contact and we knew that they were a contact of a positive, we'd ask if they quarantine, go get it. Well, in this case, if you just hung out with him over the weekend, we'd tell you to wait four days since your last contact with sure. him. Okay. Stay home. Wait four days. Get a test. And then, you know, after the 14 days, you're free to go again. <laughs> I mean, it's a long time. But we have seen people that don't, after they've been exposed, don't start getting symptoms until day 10 or 11. Um, Chris will be out as soon as his test results are done, and he's feeling better. He could be done with quarantine by 10 days. But the contacts need a little longer for the exposure to see if it's going to kick into their body. So they're... um, Quarantine and isolation time is fourteen days. Sure, again, totally hypothetical. Chris yeah, I was going to say thanks a lot, Craig. You know, I have to tell everybody I got a COVID test for the golf tournament. It was negative. And now everybody's no. going to think I got COVID nineteen. Totally hypothetical. But, totally. But, but, but you know what? That brings it. That, that that actually segues to a very nice point. Mm-hmm. Twenty ran a story over the weekend about the uh, uh, the fact that people have been kind of uh, ostracized a little bit by, by testing positive for COVID nineteen. You know, Gail, are you running into problems with that? Are people being reluctant? to get tested because they're afraid they don't want people to know they have COVID-19? They don't want people to know, and they don't want to have to miss work. I mean, this has been a a difficult thing that, you know, you're looking at 14 days away from your workplace and um, and then possibly impacting your entire family. So it is is a hardship on those who are um, contacts, and uh, they are reluctant, especially if they don't feel bad. You know, if they're asymptomatic, there's no reason. How can I really... You know, we can give them a note to tell their employer that they, we've, public health has told them to stay home for 14 days, but that really is, is a difficult thing for a family to do. And I, I talked with somebody recently who um, just went through it. Uh, they tested right. positive. Uh, they, they shared with me, uh, you know, kind of where they think they may have caught it and just the process of letting everybody know that they were close to and so on. Uh, and they told me that it was pretty rough. Uh, it was, it uh, you know, temperature fluctuations, cold sweats, not really knowing what's going on, um, a little bit of confusion type thing, some coughing and whatnot, but really uh, it would just it made them feel just horrible for, for a chunk right. of period of time. So uh, definitely not right. something to, to mess around with. But, uh, Gail, if you could, uh, we're talking with Sangamon County uh, Public Health Director Gail O'Neill. Um, We went over the CDC website data uh, indicating that um, uh, 94% of COVID-related deaths had 2.6 comorbidities on average, but only 6% had COVID directly as the only um, uh, contributing factor to an individual's death. That's across the country, of course. Are we going to get that level of data on a county level? And what's the process of getting that uh, in reviewing uh, death certificates? Right. Reviewing death certificates is is really going to be the only immediate accurate way to know for sure if there are comorbidities for the most case. um, We have talked with, um, and I've talked with our coroner here in town, and if the person is positive and, and our doctors have kind of agreed, if they have a car accident and die and have not, you know, and, and test positive or knew they had COVID, certainly a car accident could have been their demise. So it's really not um, a COVID death. Um, 
the people that we've been counting as positive are those that their COVID, um, you know, because they had the COVID illness, their other underlying conditions may have been a problem. It's a difficult thing to to count. Did their pre-existing conditions lead to their ultimate death or, you know, did COVID kind of add to it? Because as you said, it's a pretty brutal disease too. So that's, that's a fine line, but those that are glaringly not, um, COVID related were not, you know, if, if there was a, um, a suicide or something that could be easily identified. The other thing is that our, the coroner, when a, a death happens right away with, you know, we're notified, well, the death certificate may not be filled out for several days afterwards. And the coroner and myself don't see that till the doctors decide, you know, how the person died. So there is probably some gray area in there. Um, but with our residents, we've kind of kept track through the contact tracing and the nurses kind of keeping an eye on them that, you know, COVID is probably why they ended up in the hospital. Um, many of our deaths have been, though, from, from people who are in long-term care, and you're generally not very healthy when you're in long-term care. So there are comorbidities. Um, it's just a hard thing to really get a, a handle on, but ours are as close. As we feel pretty confident that we're getting a good picture in our community of what's going on. Do we know of when we'll like get a deep dive into the you know looking at the the death certificates and really getting because I know a lot of times death data is preliminary you know it could it could be right, a full right. year before we actually truly know the scope of you know whatever the cause of death may be um, but considering how you know a lot of the uh, the, the public health uh, aspects of this have you know led to certain decisions about how the economy operates. Will there be uh, like a thorough review, and when do you think that that would take place to really get to the bottom of uh, how severe this has been uh, for you know contributing to somebody's death? Sure, I think that that will be happening if it hasn't even started already. With um, I believe the Illinois Department of Public Health, they are a repository for all the death certificates. We, um, as a local health department, may be able to do that. We're kind of not the experts in that, but we also have a lot of help from SIU with um, statisticians and epidemiologists, and they're looking at every possible aspect of this. So I can imagine that at some point, um, once we, you know, get all the, get it to slow a little bit or have someone assigned to that, I expect that we'll we'll see some more information um, about the deaths. All right, terrific. Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill, as always, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and have a good day. You too. You too.